and welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. And I'm Katie. And we're still married. We're getting over a little bit of sickness in the house. Do you think it's past the worst of it? We had a couple kids throwing up yesterday. I think so. Yeah. Your, your voice is still a little hoarse. It's just deep and sexy, Alan. I know. <laughs> I love it. Um, on to less awkward topics. We wanted to record a quick episode talking about our experience at the Thrive Conference. And we met a number of you there, which was really fun to see. That was awesome to meet um, some people, including a few moderators from our, our group that we hadn't met yet. So that was really cool. Before we get there, we, we don't have a lot of announcements, but we wanted to uh, reiterate a couple of things. Katie, do you want to talk about the book giveaway real quick and how that's going to go? Sure. We have a Google form that we will be asking people to fill out. If you fill it out, you will be entered in to win a book. We're going to do a 10-day giveaway. So 10 days of books, we'll give you a list of books on the 10-day giveaway. And you can choose the one you want and we will just ship it straight to you. So that's how that will work. We will have the Google form up and running by the end of the week. And if you would like the Google form and you're not on Facebook or Instagram, email us. We'll send it to you. Uh, or you can look for it on our on our Facebook page or Instagram page. Any, and anyone also who has emailed us in the past will probably just send them a, a link to it. So enter out, enter just a few um, answers to some questions we have. And you could win one one day of a book giveaway. But wait, there's more. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's great. There's there's two ways. Uh, a few people have asked how can they contribute to the book giveaway. Uh, a few people on Facebook has re- have reached out to me and said, "I read this book. It was really helpful. It's relevant to mixed faith marriage. Would you be Would you want to give it away?" And if you have a book in mind that you would like to donate to the cause, we can give away more than 10 books. We're going to provide 10 books. But if you have one that you would like to give away, uh, just reach out to us. And the way that we're going to do it, if you have your own copy, great. If not, uh, we are going to just drop ship it via Amazon and put in the winner's address. So reach out to us on, on Facebook or Instagram if you have a book you'd like to donate. If you'd like to contribute to that to that giveaway and help us give away more than just the 10 books, you can also make a donation uh, to Marriage on a Tightrope via Venmo by that same name, or you can go to the Marriage on a Tightrope webpage and uh, click the donate button. And that would be much appreciated. At the Thrive Conference, um, donations are awkward, honestly, but they are very helpful because they, they enable us to do some cool things. But at the Thrive Conference, a, a gentleman walked up to me in between sessions and said, I don't do this online stuff, but I was hoping I would run into you. And he like handed money to me and said, this is my donation. That's so nice. <laughs> and I gave him a hug. It was really nice. And um, we're, we're putting that to good use. So that is our kind of segue speaking, into the speaking, topic. Speaking, speaking of, of the Thrive. Thrive Conference. How did you feel like Thrive went, Alan? It was... It was a surprising mixed bag for us, right? Yeah, so mixed bag, I don't know if that's even the right word for it, but let's let's tell everybody what this conference was first. Okay. So for those that don't know, Thrive um, focuses on growing and healing and building community. Those are their, their three big tenets that they're trying to trying to um, help those that are that are attending. It is a, a conference that is directed at mixed faith excuse me, at post Mormons. So on my side of the fence, if you will, but 
it's it's they're trying you can very clearly see that they're trying very hard for it to be non-threatening for those that that do believe that are coming so whether that's in a mixed faith marriage or i ran into a sister that had um that was supporting her sister that was a non-believer by by coming and being with her uh it, it was it was supposed to be be a, a very open and friendly conference even though the core target was the post-mormons Right. So at the beginning of the conference, they decided that the way that 1,700 people would introduce themselves is that John would ask, John Dolan, by the way, would ask a series of questions. And, and like if, you fit, if you fit that category, you stood up and everyone could look around to see how many people were in that category. So they talked, they asked, if you're in the age group of 20 to 30, 30 to 39, and, and they kind of broke it up to see where... How many people were there in what age group? Were you born Mormon or are you a convert? Or Yeah, they did a bunch. It took like 15 minutes. It was, right. was kind of interesting. If you are an LGBTQ uh, supporter. If you identify as if LGBTQ. You identify, if you're an ally. It, it yeah, was a lot it, of different categories. A lot of different categories. If you've ever been uh, on Mormon stories. If you, right. if you are currently in a mixed faith marriage. And... Surprisingly, there were a good number of people that stood up, which mm-hmm. was great. And then they asked, stand up if you are a progressive Mormon. And I would say I'm maybe progressive. I think you are. And so I stood up. And then they asked the second question, stand up if you're a like, true believing Orthodox Mormon. And I am believing, but I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm Orthodox. That bucket seemed like it was trying to capture too much. Right. And but... I, I kind of stood up, and then there were only like five we other were, people We were sitting standing. towards the front, so oh, Katie gosh. stands up and then turns around, and there's only four or five people total standing. And I had and I realized I had already stood up for progressive, and so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> so I go to sit down, and Alan's like pushing pushing my butt up with his hands, like, no, stand. Because, and you know why, because John ended up saying like, you guys, these are the people that deserve a round of applause. Like, how brave and how great are these people for coming and, and supporting their loved ones and, and being here? Like, and yeah, we clap. He also asked, like, who's a never Mormon? And one guy one stood guy. up. He was it's like he's never been LDS. And everyone's like, cheers for him. And here? John's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, I, I, one striking moment at the very beginning after this, actually it was before that, mm-hmm. uh, everybody sang Imagine by the Beatles. Well, John Lennon, and one of the lyrics says, "Imagine no religion, or imagine there's no heaven, blah 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 blah, and no religion too." And honestly, three or four people, very loud, very started loud. cheering. Right, but it was very few, and literally, there's seventeen hundred over seventeen hundred people in the room. When John got up after the song and started talking, uh, I really appreciated. Um, you know, sitting next to you, Katie, knowing that this is not your home turf. Uh, I really appreciated John going on to say, going on to say, like, look, I get it. I totally understand that. But from this point forward, let's, let's bridge that gap instead of pointing at it. And let's, we want more believers. Wouldn't it be great at the next thrive if your parents were here with you supporting you? And like, that's what we want. So let's, let's uh, be respectful. And it was a really, I thought it was a really good way for him to, to start his, his address. Right. And the MC for the whole conference was Natasha Helfer Parker. Mm, we love her as we, everyone knows. We love her. And it was so fun to see her. And so 
there we had a chat group for those who are in a mixed faith marriage we decided to open it up to anyone who wanted to be in the chat group they could join and if things if something was hard if something was even good we would sort of be in this chat group and be able to support one another even though we're sitting in like opposite ends of the conference room so as it starts going i honestly felt like it was reverse church like i was on my phone texting with people in the group and alan was sitting next to me just like listening and every once in a while he'd get on his phone and it was for the most part very positive Mm -hmm. speakers i think that everyone deserves to tell their story and that's what most people did we're not going to stop recording we're going to let this interruption happen and just see what happens come on in Who is it? Zach? Okay, Zach. Go do Zach, are you, uh, are you picking up some leaves? Okay. You got, a new, you got a new bag? Okay, go fill up the bag of leaves. That is our son who is six years old and he's earning money. Uh, he's earning money raking leaves in the back before the snow falls tomorrow. A and dollar per bag. A dollar per bag. It also hopefully keeps him out of our hair while we're recording. I'm not editing that out. I think people need to know, like, this is what our life is. <laughs> All right, so you were saying positive, Natasha, it was good to see her, you're chatting with right. the group. So everyone, so everyone has a right to tell their story, and, and I have nothing against that. There were a few speakers where they were sarcastic, they were funny, but some of the things they said were, were a little bit hurtful to me, and that's okay, because I'm a big girl, I can take it, it's right. not, that's not a big deal at all. Uh, I ended up going to the hall a couple of times with some other mixed faith couples who were there supporting their spouses too. And I think that it was, it was weird because I didn't feel, uh, okay, I'll say this. There were so many really gracious people. Yeah. There, Alan and I were like flanked most of the day, just people coming up to us and talking to us and, and chatting with us. And it was it was awesome. People we knew. People we had never met before. People that we were kind of starstruck over. And it was so nice of them. Who were you to... starstruck over? Anybody? I mean. In particular? I love, I love Natasha. Yeah, I'm a little star. I'm a little starstruck by her. And anyone that you were starstruck by? Yeah. I, did, I still haven't got the courage to go and talk to Sandra Tanner. I saw her and I was like, ooh, Sandra Tanner. I did go talk to Jeremy Reynolds. He's the author of the CES letter. I don't even Just know who Sandra a... Tanner is. Who is that? Oh, gosh. Yeah, different story for a different day. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, don't know who, I don't know who she is. Um, I did see Janice Spangler. Oh, she's great. And she's we awesome. She's Jana. awesome. And we got to talk a little bit. And anyway, so there were, there were people that we got to interact with. And that was amazing. That was so good to sit and yeah. listen and talk to random people about their stories. Just ask them about everything. And and while I say that, I can say that it did not feel like my community. Like I f- I felt I felt out of place. And it's probably how Alan you feel when you go to church, but I I just I I didn't really feel like a sense of belonging there. And it's not it's not my community and I don't I don't think I was I was going to feel that, but I don't know. It was it was kind of odd, actually. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about it? 
<sighs> well, you know how I felt about it. So let's you... tell everyone else how you felt <laughs> okay. about it. This is interesting. Um, I don't know if the emotions will come out now, but they did a couple days ago when we were talking about it. And I hadn't gotten emotional in a while, huh? It's been a while since I teared up. It's, it's you've okay before you've said to me, just you feel you you feel there's something. Like I but feel you like I need. I feel through. like I need to cry. I need to have a good cry, but I just can't. And, and I know that that's like a sign of depression. Depression, yeah. and um, you told me like I just feel dead inside. I've said that, and usually I'm. I say it like I'm joking. You say it sarcastically, but it's got. It's, I mean, it, there's a hint of truth in there. Sure. Well, at, you know, at this at this conference, not only am I sitting there with the lens of mixed faith on my mind and knowing that Katie is there, knowing that there are other, you know, believers in, in our little flock that that I'm, I'm hoping it's not a negative experience for him. I'm hoping it's a positive experience for him. It, even above that, like I just had this this thought throughout the day that it didn't fully form into something I could express until Katie and I started talking about it midway through the day. But when I, I guess what it kind of feels like is I, I went through the, the loss of the community at the church unvoluntarily, unwilling. I did not want to lose that, but I feel like I have it. I don't, I clearly don't fit in. I clearly, I don't feel like I belong there either. And that's difficult. There's still, again, it doesn't say anything about the people. I love our ward. I love our neighbors. There's, there's a couple of experiences with a couple of people that have been negative, but I don't even like hold that against them anymore. Hopefully they don't hold it against me either. I've said things, but other people have said things, but in general, it's just, yeah, it's just not my, my not my scene anymore. So you would, you, I, I guess I go into moments and meetings with, with post Mormons as with this expectation that like, this is my replacement for what the church used to be for me. And for whatever reason, I, I just can't shake the feeling that it's not, it's not a replacement. And I can't tell you how much, like Katie said, we've talked to so many people there. It's not the people. It's not even like, it's an intangible thing. It's not even the message. It's a feeling of belongment. It's, like. Yeah, but it's weird because that's where I should belong, right? Should, shouldn't that be where I belong? And I've, I've seen a few people like, you know, KUTV had an article on, on the conference. And one of, the, one of the comments said, when you leave a club or an organization, you, don't, you move on. You don't, you don't form a club that is the anti-club of what you just left. There's no like society for ex Gold's Gym members. And I went on to explain in a reply to that, that it's a little more involved than, um, leaving, leaving a religion is a little more involved than leaving a gym. Uh, so these communities have been so helpful for me. Mormon enlightenment has been instrumental with Sean and Crystal Escobar, who was great to see there at the conference, all the, the people that, that, that I've met, I'm, I'm not even talking about mixed faith stuff right now. Like the, everyone that we've met at our meetups and everything, like I actually really do feel at home and that I belong in that group. But at the post Mormon group, like I don't feel like I fully belong. And I think, I think mixed faith marriage 
is part of the reason why, where if I go to a meetup, I'm the one that's solo and and a bunch of people, you know, both spouses have left and they're together and, and it's, I feel like an odd, an odd duck, but in a big conference, I shouldn't feel that. Right. Especially because I was with you. Because you were with me. And it was, there was something about it that, that just felt, it felt off and it has nothing to do with the speakers because I, I agreed I couldn't tell you something I disagreed with. I agreed with it, with everything everyone was saying. It was just like, I don't know if it's one listener I tried to um, express this to said, it's more like a pit stop. Like this is, is, this is like the hospital. Like you're, you're, you're hurting, you're wounded, thrive and other, other post-Mormon events and things help you heal from that. But it's not your replacement. You, you're going to be released from the hospital. But it was at this moment where, in the middle of the conference, Katie had to go um, pick up the kids because our babysitter. On. Let's tell those stories. Oh no, let's not. We'll we'll get to that because okay. we'll talk about. Well, we else. talked midway through the day, and and it was it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like I don't belong at church, but I don't know that I belong here. So where do I belong? And it was like finally I realized. I, it just like it hit me like, oh my gosh, I'm lo- I'm lost. I don't know where I fit, and it it came with I'm being kind of vulnerable here because it came with a little bit of guilt because our names are on the agenda for the conference, right? Um, and that's it's like shouldn't I be the one that feels I'm like the ambassador for this group for Thrive? I'm I helped put it together a little bit. There's actual, I'm not on the committee or anything. And the last conference as well, we presented there, but it's like, I don't, I don't feel really connected to it. And every person I'm going to repeat probably five times now, John Delin, I have so much respect for John, especially John today versus John four or five years ago when he was in the middle of a really hard personal time with his excommunication and everything there. Like, he is doing great work in trying to heal and bridge things, right? He's like, he talks like David Osler, but on the post-Mormon side, he talks about it, things like that. So it's like, the people are great. The message is great. So what's missing here? Am I the only one? For those of you that were at Thrive, like I would love, and I'm going to make a post about it, probably linking to this episode, but I, I, am I the only one that can't sit down and say, Thrive was the most amazing thing in the world and there was no negative emotions at all and it was only healing and only positive, only growth. Like, it was really hard for me and I think that's a sign of I'm still kind of grieving and trying to get over things. Uh, okay, that's true. That could be it. But also, so we'll get back to the side note. So I got a, I got a text from my sitter who said that she had the flu and she was like throwing up. So I had to leave the conference and go home and take care of my kids before I could come back. And this is when we had our little 10 minute heart to heart because we had been surrounded by people the whole day and we hadn't really been able to communicate with each other, like how we were feeling. And we had gone to lunch with a bunch of 
people who are in mixed faith marriages, people we'd never met before, which was great. Yeah, we got was to awesome. meet we meet people. And I felt way more comfortable there than I did in the conference. And um and Alan and I kind of powwowed and then after um he was listening to someone speak and there was a lot of difficult negative things that were being said. And again, things that I've said before. Right. And things that I agree with. <laughs> right. And he agrees with it. And like, tell me, like, I mean, like, tell me what you, re- re- yeah, remind me what you said about that. Um, well, at the same time, I, I understand like the, the, the deep pain that you experience in the middle of a faith crisis and the anger, right? The angry phase, you're pointing out the harmful things. I, I recognize that that is important and it's valid and and I can still do it and I still will do it for whatever reason one of the one of the speakers was talking and and that's what the focus was on and and I was sick of it I was fed up with it I didn't I didn't I'm like you know I just this isn't healing for me anymore the 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 pain and the and the hurt and it's hard to at the same time like feel like I don't need that while also leaving space, understanding that other people do. And so it was like, if what can I do to help those that are still in that space without wounding myself? Because like, I just see, I, I'm done with the pain, you know? I don't want the pain anymore. <laughs> and didn't you say like, you felt protective of the people who were still there that were in the chat group that I did. were listening to this message and was they were feeling very uncomfortable. And I didn't want to apologize for the message, right? It was no. so I sent a message to the group that said for those that that um are are hurt by the words that are being said or those that are having a difficult time, just know that we're thinking of you, we love you, you can get through this. And, and again, we're like you said, Katie, everybody's, we're all adults here. Yeah. And we talked to some, uh, we talked to, in fact, I can use initials here cause I haven't asked their permission, but GB and KB speaking with KB, who's on the believing side of things, her attitude coming into this of like, no, I can support my, my husband in this. It was hard. It was difficult. It was awkward. Maybe she, this is me putting words in her mouth now, but but she, I remember talking to her a number of times throughout the day, and it was like, no, it's okay. It's all right. Where I know that things are being said that she doesn't agree with and, and kind of hurt her. People that put themselves in that situation, like, good for you. Good for you for being supportive. And, like, just knowing that that was a big part of it for me, knowing that they're in the room. It's like, uh, I just felt like Papa Bear, I guess. So do you think that, like, your mixed bag of emotions – like both you and me of not really a sense of belonging because if I'm totally honest, I'm I'm going back to church. I mean, I'm always going to church, but I'm going back to Relief Society, which is a totally new experience for me. I haven't been to Relief Society in the ward I live in because I've been primary present since we moved in. And it is difficult sometimes. And it's hard to sit through some of those lessons. And... I feel like I don't belong there. I feel like I don't belong in Relief Society. Right. And so it's such a weird dynamic that I don't feel like I belong at ch- at church in Relief Society. Alan doesn't feel like he belongs in the post-Mormon group. 
but we feel most like we belong with our mixed faith marriage friends, right? Yeah, we we honestly very much do. And, you know, after I hosted the little karaoke thing, which was a lot of fun, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but on the way home, like, we, we I'm sweating because we've been partying for two hours, you know, dancing and, and singing and stuff, and I can barely talk because my throat's all raspy because of all the singing. And we get into the car after this big positive experience and I start crying again as we're, as we get home and we're talking about it. And, and you asked me a question, you said like, do you want to find another church? Like, is there another? And I said, I, I'm not, I don't want to replace religion with religion. I think the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, I I'd like to get back to putting more, um, effort into me- meditation, mindfulness, finding finding a community that values that, um, that is structured like lower lights. And I haven't looked to see if there's other like secular mindfulness groups around here. I would love to do something like that to kind of have a a community that that is more its own thing than it is about recovering from a past community. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I think everyone's recovering from something and it might not be a community, but they're finding a new way to heal themselves. So I think finding something like a yoga class or, I mean, people go because they need healing. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know if that's possible, Sure. but I mean, it definitely isn't a place where people are sharing all the time either. You know, uh, something similar is coming back to mind. If you remember when, when we went, I went back to church mm. for those, that four week experiment mm. or whatever, which has now turned into, I'm just back, I guess <laughs> uh, for at least sacrament meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, the first few weeks were really, really hard and, uh, thinking back. And I think we even talked about it on the, on the podcast that it was my headspace. I wasn't in the right mindset going in. Right. Uh, I was focusing on the wrong things and not to say that, you know, you can go into a, you don't have to put yourself through something you don't want to put yourself through. So I'm not saying the right mindset, you can walk through fire or, you know, anyway. Uh, I think maybe the same thing happened here with Thrive. I expected it to be one thing, and it, it when it didn't feel like that one thing, I wasn't prepared emotionally to handle that. So, Were you thinking going into it that you, this is like, this is your people? You'll feel so comfortable here? I don't know. And, and it's... There was a Maya Angelou quote that, oh, was, sh- that was shared. I, I'll, I'll read it to that you. That is absolutely just wonderful. And it does a really good job of, it does a really good job of explaining kind of the messiness of, of all of this. Right. Why don't you read it, Katie? So one of our mods shared this and it... It was, it it, was in one of the, the spe- speeches at Thrive. Yeah. Um, you are only free when you realize you belong no place. You belong every place, no place at all. The price is high. The reward is great. My Angela. Yeah. And the general thought is like, what I take out of that is you both don't belong anywhere and you belong everywhere all at the same time. Because there were moments at Thrive where I felt deeply out of place. There were moments where I'm talking with somebody that I'm like this, like I talked to Natasha and it was a 30 second conversation and it was so healing thanking her for her words. And it was like, I belong in this exact moment. 
you can go from belonging to not belonging all all in the, the span of 20 seconds. And kind of knowing that we're always changing individually and as a couple, we're always going to be evolving as a couple as a, and as individuals that where we are currently fitting and what works for us right now may not work for us in the future. Or even tomorrow. Or even tomorrow. And so we reserve the right to say, no, I'm going to change that. I'm not going to... I, we're not going to go to church this week or um, we are, we're, we're going to host the next, we're going to start our own thrive support group or we're going to, who knows? Like we reserve the right to, to, to not belong and then belong somewhere at the next step. It's, it's all kind of unwritten and uncertain. And I think mindfulness is, brings me back to mindfulness because uncertainty is, is part of mindfulness and, it, I think it's beautiful. You just have to be ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's human nature for us to label ourselves. I think all of us want to label, and that's how we kind of categorize and how we decide if there's something we like or we don't like or a person we want to hang out with or we don't want to hang out is we put labels on ourselves and on other people. And in this space where we're at, we have to be really careful as to what labels we decide to take on, mm -hmm. to tell ourselves, to tell other people. Right. Because I've thought to myself, you know, if one day down the road I decided, you know, the church thing is really hard for me. I feel judged. I feel whatever. I can't do it anymore. Like, what does that happen to our podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where we profess to be this mixed faith marriage, where I'm in, you're out, and that's that's the basis of our whole podcast. Right. If I and and I feel a little bit bad, you know. Well, are, you, it's, are you staying in just <laughs> just to keep the podcast going? No, but we shouldn't allow those labels that we perceive as well as others perceive us to be to get in the way of being on our, our authentic selves and for living sure. our authentic lives. And that's a hard thing for me because I like, I like my labels mostly. I like knowing, I like, I like people knowing I'm dependable and I'll say yes to everything. And yeah. And you you're know, talking about labels in a good way. I'm talking in a positive way, yeah. but also there are things. And as you know, in mixed faith marriage, you change your mind a lot. You do a lot of changing and growing. And so putting labels on yourselves when you it's going to be an evolution of growth is can be really damaging. And so I don't know, maybe that that's like something I've really been thinking about is not not taking on labels that would damage us in the future. Right. Interesting. Hmm. We'll have to flush that out more and talk about it more. I don't know, with, with Thrive, I think that I'm absolutely going to be involved in the future. And I'd love to, I'd love to, to go back to the next one and, and see what a different expectation would do. Because there's a lot of positive things about it. Um, I, just, I, I just need to see where I fit best. The, the the karaoke night was really cool. It was really fun. In fact... Well, before we get to that... Okay. Do you want to talk about what 
what you were, what we were recognized for. And this, I I don't, I, I, it's so awkward for me to say this even because I feel like I don't like tooting my own horn and, and saying, well, look at us. That's not really the purpose um, of me saying this. But do you want to talk about it? I wasn't even there for it. I was at home with the kids. It was too bad. John, John asked us a couple days before the conference if we were going to be around between 4.30 and 5, and we said yes, and, and then the flu thing happened, and Katie had to leave. So we knew something was happening, but we didn't know exactly what, and he got to these Thrive Recognitions. They, they don't call them awards, but they wanted to recognize people that contribute in the community, and, and um, they, they had a number of different pillars that they uh, are trying to accomplish at Thrive Education art, uh, healing community. That's four of them. There's four more. I forgot the rest of them off the top of my head, but they start calling people up onto the stage in front of the entire 1700, you know, people. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're going to call us onto the stage. So I text Katie. I'm like, they're going to call us onto the stage and she's open the live feed. And, and I she's was not driving. even there and she was driving. So I text a few of my siblings and, and they, they jumped on and tried to grab a few screenshots or something, but, um, you know, they called Jeremy Runnels up. They called, uh, the, the lady who started in circle went up there. Uh, of course the thrive community, Sean and Crystal Escobar, um, uh, Donna Showalter, I think, and Michael Showalter. Yeah. They, they both went up, uh, the founder of Waka and which is women of a certain age. And like they start calling all these people and I just, my heart started pounding because it was like, (laughs) we don't belong up there. And, um, and it was, it was, uh, this is a really, like Katie mentioned, it's a really awkward thing to talk about because, um, as as attention seeking as I personally can be, I love performing. I love public speaking. I love making a fool of myself and doing comedy or whatever. Um, like public accolades and recognition is something that neither of us are really comfortable with. Um, and where we really like to see the recognition is, is talking with, with you guys that are listening and telling us, um, telling us how, how you have, uh, your marriage has been improved from open communication and things that, that maybe you have been able to talk about because you see us talking about it. That's where we're comfortable with recognition. But when he called me up on the stage, um, especially having to go up there alone, I was like, Oh my gosh, I hugged everybody down the line. And, you know, John asked the crowd to cheer if, if you were in a mixed faith marriage or have benefited from marriage on a tightrope and, the cheers were really loud and it, it was really cool. It was cool. It was, it wasn't awkward in that moment. It is in this one, but it was super cool. Uh, and they took pictures and, and it was just like, it was surreal. I turned to Sean Escobar, who I was standing next to, and I'm a moderator in Mormon enlightenment, which is the group he started and turned to him. I like, what crazy bizarre world are we living in? And he wrapped his arm around me, his enormous bicep around me and, and, Anyway, that's, that's what happened and Katie missed it. And I'm sad you weren't there, but were you glad that you didn't have to come up on stage? Yeah, (laughs) I I don't, I don't like stuff like that. I'll hide behind my microphone and 
talk to people in person, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't like that. Um, I took, I took one for the team. Alan took one for the team. My, my, all I knew was my phone was blowing up while I was driving and then I got home and saw and it, it like, it, it was, this is hard. (laughs) Um, I don't share, I don't share like things that happen to us personally and I don't share on my own social media about the podcast just because I know I have so many like really orthodox friends and family members and 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 um, neighbors and um, I don't I just don't share that kind of stuff with them and um, I mean part of it is because I know they don't understand Um, part of it is because we've we've gotten backlash about why we do this and how inappropriate it is. And, and so (laughs) it actually like gave me some validation because I don't get that personally, you know, besides from listeners or viewers or not viewers. Good thing. It's not a, it's not a video podcast, but not right now. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't hear that because my everyday life is so different from the community that we spend so much time in. And sometimes it's awkward to bring up to people. It's um I can't say like, "Hey, like we were we've been working so hard for 2 years on this podcast and we were recognized as healers in this space." And and anyway, it was kind of a personal victory, not that it was like <laughs> I don't want that to come off braggy or humble brag or whatever, but only that it meant a lot to me because, um, because of where I am and because, uh, the people who still surround me that, um, so strongly disagree that we're doing this. Very real and vulnerable. <laughs> for you to share. Geez, this is turning out to be quite the episode. I know we didn't think. Okay, let's get to the karaoke uh, part. Okay, okay. Enough <laughs> of the pity party. We're gonna we're gonna move on to the karaoke portion of it. So John asked me to host the karaoke, and I think this is a good point to end the, this episode with a song. So Katie and I we rewrote the lyrics to favorite things from our favorite. What is it called? The full song. Anyway, the full title. These are a few of our favorite things from Sound of Music to be about mixed faith marriage. And we thought it would be very fun to uh, record that song and release it all to you right now. So anything left before we'll end the episode on that, but anything can I just say, like I have a cold guys, I'm not a singer and I got up and I did it in front of, I was so proud of tens you. of people. <laughs> there weren't 1700. No, you're right. There. The karaoke was dra- dramatically diminished. Dramatically, <laughs> which is okay with me, but yeah. Yeah, okay, yes, enjoy our parody song, Favorite Things, is now mixed favorite, mixed Mixed marriage marriage favorite things, yes. Enjoy. Hiking on Sundays and kids in primary, the Sunday meetings can get a bit scary, general conference anxiety brings, these are a few of our mixed marriage things. Talking with others so you're not alone Drinking too much but never at home Tithing awning creeps helps us buy more bling These are a few of our mixed marriage things 
It's hard at first, but of course things get better. Still refuse to read the CES letter. Nuance has replaced black and white thinking. These are a few of our mixed marriage things. When the tears come, when we're struggling, when we're feeling sad. We just sit and think of these mixed marriage things, and then we don't feel so bad. We're halfway there, everybody. Building those bridges and stopping church hating. Realizing John Dylan isn't quite Satan. Secular Buddhism, Noah's the king. These are a few of our mixed marriage things. Talking to family has turned out real risky. Sessions with Natasha help us feel more frisky. Not going home teaching. Now that doesn't sting. These are a few of our mixed marriage things. Sitting at church and forgetting about dinner. Texting my husband. Breaking Sabbath's a winner. This new community makes our hearts sing. These are a few of our mixed marriage things. Now it's your turn to come up here. You'll sure feel alive. At the end of the day, there is no better way to spend with your friends. <laughs>